Hi everyone, welcome to Under the Rug at Work, where I shine light on problems that are normally swept under the rug. Today, I'm chatting with Yana about her experience with bullying and sexual harassment at work. Yana's in Germany and has a background in IT and communications. She's now an empowerment mentor for mothers, specializing in helping mothers to detox their children from smartphones. So needed. <laughs> Yana, I just want to say thank you so much for your courage in sharing your story. Oh, you're welcome. I uh, thank you for um, yeah giving me the chance uh, to talk to you and for yeah just in general what you do, uh, Nicole. It's so 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 important, so needed, and I'm very honored um, to be here and to talk to you. Thank you. I really appreciate that. Um, so can you tell us a bit about your experience and what happened to you in the workplace? I worked in the IT world for the past eight years. And before that, I worked for the state of Berlin. And before that, I was working in an agency um, doing marketing and PR. I worked uh, as an employee for 12 years. And I would say the general thing is bad leadership. And it doesn't matter if it was a man or a woman. I ha unfortunately have to say that the women were actually the worst. In my last job, um, that's probably my worst experience because of the type of bullying I experienced and sexual harassment. And when I say sexual harassment, you always think of a man groping at you, you know, and that's where you, where I always thought, okay, that's sexual harassment. Mm. But the way, like in hindsight, because at some point I quit my job, um, so that's um, how many years, it's like one and a half years ago, it just hit me afterwards what happened to me, you know, because I told somebody what happened to me and I started crying and I felt like, oh, that was really intense what happened, you know. And it was a uh, not my direct boss. He made a lot of decisions, so he was very important in my um, organization. And um, yeah, he always put me in my place. I would say through making annotations towards how I uh, stand, how I look, you know, commenting on my jacket. Oh, I don't like that color on you, for example. In the last part of my job, um, uh, last stretch, I was responsible for webinars. In the beginning, it was new to me. I was, you know, excited, and a bit anxious. And he always used these situations when I went in for the webinar saying, oh, I don't like that color on you. Or afterwards, writing me an email saying, I was just uh, checking up on you, what you are doing there. Um, you seem nervous. And that was, I think, the only time he ever gave me feedback on what I did. And I was actually very successful in what I did because I was um, generating a lot of leads. And since he was the sales boss, for him, it was great. You know, he could have uh, commended me on that, but he never, never did. And that was also something that never happened. You know, when you did something well, that you never got a good job, great, keep on doing that you know keep it up it was always only picking out the stuff you didn't do well all of that I think is really soul crumbling and it is really um in the end it doesn't let you grow it just makes you it, it makes you depressed and especially when I then became a mother 
and uh, I don't know if it's the same in Australia, but you uh, in, here in Germany, when you are uh, when you give birth, you have the chance to stay at home for one year. You get paid by the state then, mm -hmm. and then you get back to your job. And that's what I did. And you know, I think as a mother, you became more sensitive, much more sensitive to all these things. At least it was, that's what it was for me. And I realized that the all these situations that happened, they had a negative effect on me for my family and for how how I handle my child. Mm -hmm. And so that was yeah quite interesting to observe. And yeah, and you know the the worst thing for me that happened was um, you know we all know we had we also had lockdowns here in Germany, so we uh, were asked to work from home which for me also was a blessing total blessing to not go in that place anymore and to meet these people physically um you know but still quite interesting how this energy is still coming across uh, during a zoom call and i was in a meeting um where i had to present something as well and there were managers um just managers i think we were in total we were five people mm -hmm. and i was the only woman in in that meeting and um before we started you know there's just a little small talk and um my direct boss asked me on oh, how are you doing at home and then the other the sales boss he was like oh yeah yana lives there and there and it only takes you you know actually if you take the train it only takes you 30 minutes to come to my to my house and then my direct boss asked okay how do you know so much about where Jana lives and he said well because I woke up this morning at her place so you know alluding that we have an affair whatever and it was such a blow yeah. and everybody was laughing uh, except for me I didn't even know what to, to do and I was still, uh, I still needed to do my presentation, um, which I did. Yeah. Yeah. And um, afterwards, I called my direct boss and I said, okay, sorry, what is happening here? I mean, he was, I mean, he was on a rampage in that meeting because he also actually bullied my direct boss as well, you know, which is also interesting how men sometimes amongst each other, but it all creates a really awful atmosphere, you know, and I called him and I said, okay, what is happening here? This is not okay. Yeah. And he was uh, just like, oh, come on, what, what, why? It was just a joke. And I was just like, well, but I, it didn't feel like a joke to me. It made me very uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And it was just, yeah, it was just brushed away. Mm -hmm. And that was something, you know, that was something that uh, was in the air then. And I really dreaded the calls I had with him alone. You know, I really tried to, and he, he always gave me tasks that were not doable mm. or that are really not, make no sense. You know, you ask questions. What do you mean by that? They can't answer it. They say, just get it done. And that's what he did as well. And he gave me one and I did a lot of work for that big presentation, had to do it with him alone. And he looked at it and he was like, oh no, that's not what I wanted. And I was like, but I asked you, and this is how it's done. You know, I mean, I researched it. I worked for uh, three weeks on it. And I was like, but no, no, I don't need it. 
all that things. Despite all of that, I still perform mm -hmm. and I still bring this company money. And, you know, and this is really something that is so destroy, um, destroying for, for your soul, for your whole being. I, I really appreciate it. And all of the examples that you have provided are 100% bullying and sexual harassment. So yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm sorry you had to go through that. Did this guy think that you had a good relationship or he really yeah. didn't have it over you? I mean, he treated every woman like that. Right. And in my group of female colleagues, I think I was the one who... I had some more weight, you know, in the com company or in the team. And I was able, still more able to stand up to something and say, okay, this is stupid or, you know. So I think that's what triggered him mm. to to go the extra mile, you know, mm -hmm. to really try to tell me you are not good enough. Even though I know you are, you are a threat. That's what I sometimes felt. I am a threat because I'm very good what, at what I'm doing, you know? And, and I think it's all unconscious, unconscious. I don't think he was like making a plan. He was just actually very insecure mm -hmm. and yeah, trying to compensate that through this very cheap way of um, putting somebody down. You know, he couldn't use my performance. Yeah. He couldn't say, okay, your performance sucks. He couldn't do that. Mm. How did all of these situations make you feel? Very anxious. I had a burnout already when I worked for the state, mm -hmm. which was also awful um, in another way, but it was awful. The, the, there were the, the female leaders, which were awful, mm -hmm. but that put me in a burnout. So I was already kind of prone to uh, being anxious. And that's what I... Um, that's what I experienced, you know, getting up in the morning, feeling very, very anxious, um, feeling sometimes sick to my stomach, having problems with my gut all the time, um, and just not happy to start the day. Mm. Let's, let's, yeah, let's put it that way, you know, and every, always very aggravated, you know, the whole atmosphere was poisonous, you know, because you could feel if you have these types of people at the top, of course, it goes down to, and, and it affects the behaviors of other males, for example. Mm -hmm. You know, they think, oh, he's doing it. Why shouldn't I? You know, so mm -hmm. um, not taking you seriously or not appreciating your work, never saying, oh, great, what you did for me. You know, always very negative. That was the energy I was in, mm -hmm. you know, and that's how I felt. Fortunately, my body or my my experience of a burnout and how it felt because back then I really got panic attacks, so I couldn't really go there anymore. And back then it was also very off. I it was the same feeling, very anxious, fearful. Sometimes I was drinking in the morning. I was drinking just to be able, you know, to because I don't know if you ever experienced fear or feeling. Um, anxious you are not able to move you know you are very paralyzed mm -hmm. and that's why I sometimes needed just a small drink you know mm -hmm. to be able to go to work so in that last experience I was already already very aware of the signs so I was able to do I had some tools already because I back then I actually needed to get treatment at a clinic you know so 
I, I already know knew a bit, especially through uh, Corona. I got to um, meet new people, new teachers who who taught me different tools as well. You know, which I tried to apply. Where I then said, okay, it's enough. I need to leave now. Yeah. Yeah. But while you were there, you did try and stop it. You you spoke to yeah. your boss. You you spoke up. Um, were there other things that you tried? And and other than the example that you gave us where he said, you know, it was just a joke, was that what your boss always did, kind of brushed it off? Yeah. Or did anyone yeah. try and yeah. help? No. Um, there was, I never talked to HR, but that was probably because I heard from other colleagues of mine who tried. Mm -hmm. um, and, and that was probably what I went into when I came back after after having a child mm -hmm. that uh, two of my colleagues they actually filed a complaint mm -hmm. uh, about my direct boss and they were shut down basically they were told okay you either uh, go with it you know you accept what's happening or you have to leave and that was, you know, the, the type of scenario I walked into. And that's why I thought, okay, what it doesn't make sense. You are not taken seriously at, at any stage in this company. You are actually not important. I think that's what it is. You are actually not important in yeah. the end. You are supposed to do your work. You have to perform. You have to make the impossible possible. Mm. Um, but you are not, when it comes to who you are, what you feel, what you, your safety, mm -hmm. you know, uh, feeling safe or feeling comfortable at work and feeling seen, it's not important. But I felt that all the ones who were responsible, who were leaders, they had a distorted relationship to themselves. Mm -hmm. it, they were not nice to themselves as well you know so I always thought okay if they are not able to do that for themselves how should they do it for me mm. and that was a way of feeling very hopeless and that's when you get caught in that complaining you know the half of the talks I had with my colleagues which were actually about work yeah. we complain yeah. Oh, then he did this again you and they support each other because you weren't getting that support from the people right right wow yeah almost a year we were without a ceo which is also quite fatal <laughs> then we got a new one and he was really awful because i was in marketing mm -hmm. everybody thinks oh marketing i can do that everybody can do it this ceo i had a we had a big project of uh optimizing our website and in the end we had good results mm -hmm. and then he stepped in looked at it didn't understand anything about SEO and didn't care about it. And then he had a meeting with us as a team. Our boss didn't protect us. He totally destroyed our whole work, saying that it's that's not what he wants. He wants to have these types of words. And you know, we always try to explain, but this is these are not the words people are looking for. We need to do it this and that way. And we really put thought behind it. I think it was a meeting of one hour after that. I, I was almost ready to say, okay, now I, I quit now. I'm I'm gone because this is just ridiculous. You almost feel like, who am I talking to? I don't want to be disrespectful. Mm -hmm. 
you have these urges to say, okay, you, this is totally stupid and you are not competent. I'm sorry, you're not competent to say anything about it. Well, and let me explain first. Yeah. yeah. And you're employed yeah. for a reason, right? Because of yeah. your skills and expertise. So yeah. you should be yeah. able to do the role that you're employed for. And and if you're if everyone's trying to do the same job, then you're tripping over each other and and you don't get anything done. You're not successful and you feel useless. Mm. You know? Mm-hmm. You you are made to feel useless. Yeah. And that's awful. Awful to go through that every day. This is just innately so damaging to us as human beings because we want to be a good member for a workplace mm-hmm. for society in general we want to uh, participate you don't feel that way you know um at the end of the day and that's awful looking back on everything that's happened in your career and in the situations you've gone through <clears throat> is there anything you would change anything you'd do differently um, yeah, I would definitely take myself more serious, you know, to really, because I disregarded my feelings as well. When I was thinking about what I want to tell you, I, even then I still thought, okay, is it really that bad? What what happened to me? Is it really that awful? Or was it my fault? Mm. And I don't want to say it's uh, it's my fault, but I had so many moments where I thought, okay, this is not okay. I need to leave and to really listen to my intuition, to my body, what my body is telling me. And I probably would be more uh, outspoken. And Mm -hmm. but I didn't because I didn't know what to say. I didn't. I didn't have, and that's why I think your work is so important to know, okay, it's okay to say something now. It's my right to say something now. And, but what do I say and how do I behave? But I didn't know you then. And I didn't know anybody who, um, who I could turn to. In the end, it was all supposed to happen that way. Listen to my intuition, to my body, I I would say. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty smart. Um, yeah. I have to agree as well <laughs> in in my yeah. situation. We just take too long to listen to the signs and then the, the damage and the harm is done. And as you said, you know, you didn't realize until you got out and your body was yeah. finally able to um, release. And yeah, that's when the flood yeah. emotions come through. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you have any advice for people who might be in the same situation? tell people about how you feel and seek out people who take you seriously and because sometimes you even your partner can be like oh come on you know (laughs) why do you complain so much but really find people who say okay this is not okay and find colleagues who who you can partner up with and who are also brave I for my for my point I I didn't I didn't find those people. It's okay to quit, even though you don't know what will happen afterwards. Mm. Because it is brave to quit on your own terms to say, okay, I quit. I don't know if I have the money. Of course, talk to your partner and don't rush into it. But um, also ask. That's what I did. Ask my partner. Can you provide for us? For a while, I need to go now. Then 
take your time to um, heal from this environment. And for me, it took six months. And that's okay, even if it takes longer. Mm. Um, not to think, okay, I need to have another job in line already. And I need to, you know, because you rush into, it's almost like you're ending a bad relationship and you start the next one. And you will always get back into the same. That's what happened to me before, you know, because I always quit and then I started something new. Mm -hmm. And it always reappeared. And to really, to heal from it and to really come to the point of thinking, what do I want from work? What type of work? How much do I want to work, for example? I, have, I want to spend more time with my child, for example. Can I find a part-time job that pays well? or quite all right do we how much money do we need you know because that's what i realized as well we don't need all that money i need that time yeah. i need that time with my child i never get it back thank you for joining me yana and uh, for telling your story unfortunately bullying and harassment at work is quite common and as we said it's often we don't realize until it's too late and Sharing your story helps others see the signs and know also that they're not alone. But I just want to say that these actions that you've experienced, they are not okay. And you and everyone has the right to be safe at work. And your employer and your manager have the responsibility to provide that for you. And I'm so sorry that this didn't happen for you, Yana. But thank you again. Thank you so much for having the courage to share your story and for being here with me today. I really appreciate it. Uh, thank you too, Nicole. And all the best for your business and your service. Thanks. Thank you.